Welcome to Roast Magazine Audio Articles. Roast focuses on coffee from a technical perspective, covering the art, science, and business of coffee roasters. Presenting Roasting Plant Continuity Planning, Part 1, Developing the Plan, by Andy Trindle Mersch. Risk management is hardly a new business concept, but it is a rapidly expanding one requiring everyone's attention more urgently and in new ways. Climate change, the Food Safety Modernization Act, FSMA, and a growing global mainstream and investor focus on sustainability are just a few of the newer and demanding pressure points. As roasters and coffee buyers, we talk about supply chain risk management frequently. One overarching question is, will we have enough high-quality specialty coffee from the origins we want this season and in the future? And if you're in a buying or selling position, price risk management is always high on the risk mitigation list. The realities of price volatility and having the right supply availability are well-known risk areas for coffee roasters. But the level of risk and the sense of urgency to manage these and other substantial risks has increased significantly with the impacts of climate change especially. Some roasters possess more resources and experience than others to plan for and mitigate against increasing risks. However, broadly speaking, managing upstream supply risk is now part of ongoing regular work for coffee roasters of all sizes, resources, and experience. There's another area that falls within the quote-unquote always been there but increasing risk category for coffee roasters that often gets less internal business attention. Roasting plant slash manufacturing disruption risk. This article focuses on this critical downstream area of your supply chain. We'll highlight why it needs to be on your near-term to-do list and walk you through some of the practical steps to formalize a plan and identify potential partners. In part two of this series, we'll cover final plan launch, training, and ongoing plan maintenance. Roasting plant manufacturing contingency planning. Coffee roasters always have plant operational risk to mitigate. Think your roaster machine catches fire and needs major service, or a part breaks requiring a few hours or days offline before becoming operational again, or your packaging machine jams and will need two hours to two weeks of repair work to come online again. These are hopefully not overly familiar experiences for you, but they should be familiar conversation topics in your plant operations room. But have you also planned for the bigger natural disasters that are increasingly occurring? Are you prepared for hyper-local or regional events that can cause extended shutdown of your plant operations? Have you mapped out scenarios for triggering events like fires, floods, hurricanes, earthquakes, and even controlled extended power outages to prevent wildfires like we now experience in California? Have you designated a disaster recovery team and set them up for rapid launch in case of need? The coronavirus pandemic has certainly illuminated the need for every business to have a thorough and practical plan in place. As Chris Miller, head roaster at La Colombe Coffee, headquartered in Philadelphia, states, You never know. You just never know when you're going to need friends and a plan to keep operations running. So, where to start? Planning for unforeseen minor to major business disruptions is a challenging undertaking. There are many event scenarios and variables impacting downtime that can make your head spin once you start moving from the awareness that you need a plan to writing a viable one 
that can be realistically executed on a dime in an emergency situation. The complexity of the task, especially if you start running down the speculation rabbit hole for every potential disruption scenario, seems overwhelming. This complexity, as well as the general over-busyness of every roaster I've ever met, is why so few of us have formal plans in place. Daryl Blunk, president and CEO of Apfel's Coffee in Santa Fe Springs, California, confesses. We've got lots of handshakes out there. Only two over the years have ever progressed to a signed agreement. He also states, it bothers me that we don't have a living plan in place, one that goes beyond paper into an ongoing tested supply relationship. With every audit or natural disaster that hits, I worry that we are vulnerable and that execution will take much longer than everyone expects. The truth-telling, laced with some moderate anxiety, is echoed by Miller. Step one, just start small. As a first very manageable step, plan for in-plant redundancy, Miller says. While he acknowledges capital and space constraints exist, he also says that it's phase one and most important. Start with a simple chart to identify what has and what could go wrong in your plant. Identify the fixes, noting their complexity and the plant's readiness to implement them. At the highest level of redundancy, maybe you have multiple roasting and packaging machines. At minimum, Miller says, have multiple spare parts for major equipment on hand and your contractors on speed dial. Many companies likely have a plant manager or roasting manager who has an inventory of spare parts and essential contractors at the ready as part of an operations plan. But make sure this coverage is organized and formally documented within a larger plant redundancy plan. Include the chart mentioned earlier, an emergency contacts page, and basic procedures. Publish this plan and train your team on execution. As a tip, write in an annual, at minimum, formal plan review, update, and retraining. This is the starting framework for an expanded full-scale recovery plan. Step two, define your full plan scope. From here, before you start gathering stakeholders and expanding the table of contents in your in-plant redundancy plan, pause and get clear internally on the plan scope. Getting specific on what's in and what's out allows you to choose the ideal project owner and assign the right roles to additional internal and external stakeholders. There are two primary areas of scope to rein in early, products and disruption events. Product scope. Are you creating contingency for all products produced, stored, and distributed from your and your supplier's plants? Just your plants? Are you solving for just products manufactured in your roasting plant? Are you covering only coffee roasted and packed in your plant? Are you covering all customer and distribution channels in all events, or perhaps in shorter downtimes, only your most critical customers or your own retail needs? Beyond coffee roasted and packaged at a plant, there are many other products that need to get to retail stores in the event of business disruption. But for our company, the decision was to make progress on our most important product and to focus on operations at our own plant. This article principally addresses this scope. Disaster scope. Are you including all potential internal and external disasters that can shut down operations? natural disasters, equipment failure, cyber attack, active shooter, pandemics, and more, or limiting your scope to particular events 
directly impacting your plant that stop production and distribution from your plant? And are you addressing all potential risks of a particular event in this plan, or are some components, like team injuries and illness, addressed in your injury and illness prevention plan? Note there are no right or wrong answers on the right event and product scopes for your contingency plan. The broad advice, echoed by everyone I spoke with, however, is to start with your most critical products only and the most likely events. The consensus is that it's better to get something on paper that covers the most urgent operations of your business. Later, you can expand. Step three, plan the work. Without diving deep into project management training, to save significant time and to understand the time you'll need to dedicate to complete your plan, spend just a little time planning the work before launching into it. First, define the deliverable clearly. Are you a small company writing a plan for your own team? Or are you delivering your executive team a detailed formal document with executed third-party partnership contracts? Does the deliverable include already executed team training or a detailed plan for training? Will you have fully QA-tested, roasted and packaged products with pricing and distribution agreements in place or just recommendations? Clarifying what's in and what's out before you start gets you to the end faster. Second, assign a single project owner. Is the person writing your plan also the execution manager during a crisis? For smaller companies, this is often the case and helps keep things moving as you write your plan. For larger companies, execution of the plan during a crisis likely lives with your plant manager, while writing the plan may live with a project or operations manager and roasting partnership relationships will fall to your quality and sourcing teams. For all but the smallest operations, it's certain many folks will be involved. So make sure a single person is accountable for a timely, cohesive deliverable that meets the scope you defined. Third, and especially important for larger companies, identify who owns what key decisions. That is, who needs to be consulted and who needs to sign off on these critical decisions. Smaller companies with owner-operators writing their plans can make decisions as they go, but mid-size and larger companies will benefit from thinking through some of the critical approvals needed in advance. For example, it is likely you won't have an off-site partner produce all SKUs in short to mid-length plant closures. Instead, your partner will cover your most important SKUs only until full recovery. For smaller operations, Settling on the product mix is an easier judgment call. For larger companies, consultation and possibly approval from your sales and operations leaders, or even your CEO, is warranted. Additionally, will you implement a non-disclosure agreement, NDA, with potential partners to protect your business? And will you execute formal contracts? If yes, who will need to sign off on these contracts? Fourth, get all the players right. Identify and include everyone who needs input and buy-in as you get into the nuts and bolts of making sure your product can be produced in an emergency. As Blunk says, mention crisis and you have everyone on edge, and as you unpeel the onion of what's needed, the layers are deep. To minimize the edge, get representation from your production manager, coffee buyer, roast master, QA team, distribution manager, sales team, and internal and external communications teams. 
In the smallest companies, this may be one person. For larger companies, just make sure you don't leave anyone relevant out of the room. Step four, getting to the written word, a framework. There are many ways to move your project from kickoff to completion, and each project manager will navigate differently depending on resources, work style, and decisions made before and at the launch meeting. Often multiple next steps happen simultaneously. One essential next step, whether tackled alone or as other parts progress, is to draft a written plan. For reference, there is an example available at roastmagazine.com slash continuity plan, made available thanks to Kyle Newkirk, Senior Vice President of Global Supply Chain at S&D Coffee and Tea, and to Elise Nicolini, Coffee Projects and Team Manager at Phil's Coffee. Please use the table of contents and download the documents to write your plan most expeditiously. Going through the template will direct you to the many important questions you need to address to complete your plan. We will, however, talk about one more area in detail here, and it is, arguably, the most critical piece for an executable plan. Step 5. Partnership Development Choosing the right partner to roast, package, and ship your products for your emergency contingency needs is not a decision to be taken lightly. You are sharing your product specifications or sending your team to work on-site with another company and relying on them to take your call in the middle of the night, Newkirk says. If a contingency gets activated, people are under stress and will not always be at their best. So how do you choose the right partners and mitigate risks inherent in engaging them? First, execute a proper legal NDA before you talk about any details. Second, you'll need to know what you're asking them to do before you engage them. Though talking to friendly industry colleagues can help you learn a lot about your business needs, and your asks will surely adapt as you progress further in scenario planning. After you've created a list of candidates, you'll then want to vet them carefully to find the right ones to rely on in a crisis. Importance and flexibility of these items is different for every business and, additionally, the need for a couple weeks of downtime can vary significantly from the need for a downtime that extends several months. Identifying partner questions. At the highest level, what business values do you embrace regarding quality, sustainability, and operational philosophies? Identify your must-haves and non-negotiables for values alignment. Think about conflicts of interest here too both for your business and for any of your suppliers that may need to ship products to your partner. Are you seeking a supplier only or are you open to a reciprocal relationship, meaning you have capacity to support your partner in an emergency? What products are you wanting your partner to produce? What are your coffee quality and packaging requirements? Does the roasting machine type, drum, air, or fluid bed matter? Does your partner need to run your roll stock through their packaging machine? or use your preformed bags? Alternatively, can you accept their standard available packaging? What size packages do you need produced? We'll look at SKU selection in more detail in the next installment of this series, but you'll need some product parameters to eliminate partners that just can't provide what you will need. What QA processes do they have and can they guarantee? Can they meet your requirements and will they welcome your team for on-site calibration? or even agree to run operations in a contingency situation. What volume of each item will you need them to produce? Do they have the capacity to slot in your business overnight in an emergency? 
Considerations here are not just in their capacity to roast for you on short notice, or to let your own roaster use their equipment in an off time, but do they have an inventory of the right green beans to cover your needs until you potentially ship your own beans to them? Where do you want your partners located? In order to pursue multiple regional partners and ensure coverage, regardless of the event locality, it could be wise to partner with a local company to cover most expeditiously for events impacting a specific plant, as well as to pursue partners in other regions. After all of these, and likely additional points pertinent to your business are known, you can start having conversations to vet the right value partners. Right Partner Vetting Beyond an NDA and ability to meet requirements, you need partners you can trust and that can execute as promised. Newkirk says, do your industry sleuthing. You must do face-to-face. -face. There's a vibe you can feel and you'll want to understand them to know how they'll react in a crisis. One approach to forming loyal bonds is to engage potential or newly engaged partners in business now. Blunk says, if you really want to have a living contingency plan in place, then you work through all the kinks and hurdles of the supply chain by providing regular business, even a few thousand pounds now. Newkirk agrees with engaging in ongoing business, saying, you can paper an awesome agreement, but it can be a failure in practice, so practice. He also points out, opportunities for business can be exposed in these arrangements. A contingency partner can become a business facilitation partner. Hopefully this article gives you a practical, achievable approach to formalizing a business continuity plan. Surely the coronavirus outbreak, which occurred after this article was first drafted, gives you all the convincing you need to take this step. As Blanc says, however, Getting to a living contingency plan is an essential part of the process and what many of us still need to work through to prepare our businesses. In the next installment of this article, we will get into more detail to ensure our plans are ready to successfully launch in the event of a production disruption in the roasting plant. Andy Trindle Merch is the Director of Coffee, Tea and Sustainability at Phil's Coffee. With more than 26 years of experience in specialty coffee, Trindle Mersch has written numerous trade journal articles and lectured on coffee and sustainability. Within the broader specialty coffee industry, she has held a number of leadership and board roles and is currently serving on the board of directors for Food for Farmers. This article originally appeared in the May-June 2020 issue of Roast Magazine. To subscribe to the print edition of Roast or purchase a copy of past issues, visit roastmagazine.com. This audio article was narrated by Lily Kubota, recorded and produced by Upright Recording Studio, and published by Roast Magazine.